Hey everybody, welcome to Best Show Best, the best of the best show. And you can find out more about The Best Show over at thebestshow.net. It airs live every Tuesday night from 9 p.m. to midnight Eastern Standard Time. And if you're new to the program, this show, are uh, these are little bite-sized bits and greatest hits type samples of what we do every week. So if you like this, maybe you check out the full show. And if you want to support The Best Show... We have a Patreon set up over at patreon.com slash thebestshow. That is how you support the program. It is listener-sponsored now, and you give what you can, and we appreciate it. And there are prizes and benefits at all different levels of giving. So again, go to patreon.com slash thebestshow and support the show. And now please, without further ado, check out this episode of Best Show Best. The next thing we have coming up, a very exciting, uh, I guess it's a night of, uh, of comedy. Guess we can say that. Uh, because the next guest I have coming up on the show, Todd Barry will be up later, but, uh, is a guy who, uh, everybody's gonna know who this is. This is a little bit of a thrill, a little bit of a surprise. You'd really just have to be under a rock if you don't know who this next guy is. Um, he was one of the top comedians of the 2000s. He was a huge breakout star on, on SNL. He was a star of, uh, a bunch of movies, uh, Hooker by Crook, Walk of Shame, Laundry Day. And he co-created of a, a really beloved an influential show, uh, short-lived show, but definitely influential called, uh, Dougie Town. I'm sure everybody knows who this is now. Um, and he also has a book out documenting, uh, one of what I guess you'd call one of the most spectacular flameouts in recent memory. And, uh, he's got a new book and a new television series. So it's exciting to welcome to the show, uh, Dougie Miller. Is, uh, do we have Dougie on the line? Hi, Tom. How are you? I'm good, Dougie. Thanks for coming. Oh, of course. It's a pleasure to, to be here. You know, I, I, I have to come clean. I, I'd actually never heard of your show before, but I called my good friends, uh, Sal Volcano and Bill Hader at, you know, to see, if you were on the up and up, and they they both vouched for you a hundred percent. Oh, that, that's uh, cool. Well, absolutely. That's here. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I actually checked out the show, and I, I do really like it. Oh, thank you. You are a very funny guy. I have to say, I, I don't quite get when the guy who sounds like a lady from the Amish country calls in, and then you suddenly become like a hundred times more gullible. But the other stuff, I'm I'm very into. Okay. Cool. And it, it's it's a real pleasure to be here on the great show, mm-hmm. the the best show. Excuse me. It's the best show, actually. Oh, the be- oh I'm sorry. Okay, yeah. I think I, I think Julie had written that down wrong for me. Uh-huh. I'll tell you, I, I'd I'd love to get into it with you about favorite and maybe not so favorite candy bars. I think we'd we'd have a a, a good bit of overlap. Um. Well, you know, that's I guess. It's like not exactly what we're doing. I mean, well, like, what was the fate? What's your favorite candy bar? Jackie? I like 
this is probably not going to be overlap. I love Zagnut. Yeah, that's not one of my uh, favorites or least favorite. Most people don't don't even consider it a candy bar, really. I guess the people forget that it is candy. Kind of like a what's the white one? Zero bar. Yeah, I guess those are the forgotten candy bars. What's your favorite? The favorite candy bar probably Payday. Like Payday. See, see, I would put that under under the umbrella that we just spoke of. No, no chocolate in in any of those candy bars. Yeah, no, no, it's it's nuts and sugar. Who was in that movie? That was my good friend Jackie Earl Haley. Was in nuts and sugar. He was in nuts and sugar, and he played. Nuts. Oh my god, I can't believe I'm forgetting this because I I I was a uh, I was a co-producer on this movie. Who was the um? Who was the love interest? Why am I spacing on this? I can picture her. Yeah, yeah. No idea. I have no She's idea. She's one of those triple namers. Yeah, it's this one. This one's not sticking up. Can't get it. Yeah, Maybe no. we'll come up, up with it later. I'm not going to look. I hate when I when you can Google things and just get the answer so quickly. I'm going to see if either of us can come up with this. Okay. Yeah, I, I think that's cheating. I don't. I don't like it either. Yeah. So, you know, Dougie, I guess. Uh, uh, you know, like where, where, where do I even begin with with right. your story? You know, you've had a really one of the wildest rides in in comedy history, like so many ups and and just as many downs. I know, man. You're telling me. You know, I feel I feel like I'm I'm on my tenth life. You know, to use a uh, a Peter Chrisism, and uh, you know, Peter's a great friend, of course. He's a uh, very gentle soul. Never quick to lash out in anger, just a, just an all around, even keeled, smooth sailing guy. It's always seemed that way. Always yeah. seemed that way. Very very balanced and not not operating from a position of pettiness or or, no, or insecurity. No. Very grateful. Very yeah. grateful for for you know where he was and where he continues to be in life. Yeah, just a, one of those guys who appreciates the ride. Yep. You know. Well, I, I gotta say, you know, we're, we're definitely honored to have you here on the show. And it's, it's great that you're, you're, you're making this comeback. And you've actually got an autobiography coming out next Tuesday, which is called Coming Clean. And I, I had a chance to read it, an advanced copy. And I can say it is a fantastic book. Well, thank you, Tim. You know, it, uh, I'll tell you, it, it almost killed me to write this thing, you know, um, yeah, there's a lot of laughs in it, but there's just as many dark moments. And um, to be quite frank, those are the uh, those are moments I really did not want to relive. But you know, in in order to heal and to help heal my relationships w- with others, you know, I I, I had to had to uh, put those on paper. Sure, sure. Well, I mean, you know, we we certainly will touch on some of the darker moments, but yeah. um, I guess I w- would want to just kind of. Honor the the high points mm-hmm. for for starters. You know you you're you're one of the in comedy. You're you're like a a legitimate triple threat is I guess what you'd be called. And there are not many of those in comedy. You um, successful stand up back in the late nineties, and then you were a huge movie star. Uh, the beginning of the two thousands, 
And then you were the creator and star of your own television show after that, which, um, that's, that's a lot of, lot of ground to cover. And, um, I guess I'd really love to hear, uh, you walk us through like that heyday, uh, maybe if you could in your own words. <laughs> Look, you know, I, I don't want to give away too, too much of this. You know, I'm, I'm trying to sell this damn book, Sean. Oh, uh, it's Tom. Oh, sorry, Tom? Mm-hmm. Yes. Tom. I'll write that down. Uh-huh. T. T-H. No, A-T-O. M. A-T-O. No, T-O-M. That was almost turning into that Jerry Lewis thing where uh, the guy calls up and uh, trying to get him to to, uh, to uh, honor his friend at uh, that night's MS banquet. Remember that? It's like a prank tape. It was on the... Uh, Celebrities at their worst. Uh huh. It's a great one, yeah. And he and the, yeah, it's he just keeps pretending to spell the name wrong as the guy's trying to get him to write the name down. Uh, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll check that out. I'm um, gonna check it out. Yeah, probably. Not. Um, yeah. Well, you, you know, it. You really. Uh, I know you're trying to sell a book, but I, I think that you giving a little bit of uh, insight into this would would probably help sell some copies. Yeah. I, yeah. No, you're probably right. Okay, well, let me nutshell it for you, okay? Um, uh, going all the way back, I grew up in a town called Tylersport, uh, Pennsylvania, uh, which is, of course, where the uh, Junior Little League World Series uh, takes place every year, and uh, which was ironic because my parents were strict uh, Christian rocket scientists, so I was never allowed to participate in, in any team sports, really. Uh-huh. A Christian... Wait, Christian rocket scientists? Yes, yeah. What is, what is that? Well, it's the same as regular Christian science, but it's geared more towards space travel enthusiasts. Huh. Yeah. I'd never, I'd never heard of that. It's not huge. It's, it's a very, it's a real subset. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so basically because I was part of, of that world, I, I never really felt part of the world that my, my fellow Teenage, you know, kids and eventually teenagers inhabited, and th- that's when I started to really get into comedy. So uh, at around seventeen, I started um, cutting school, and I, I would go up. Uh, I, I'd go to Manhattan, and I, I would check out comedy clubs, and um, eventually, I, I started doing open mics. You know, and uh, after a couple years, I started to get better. You know, you find your groove, and you find your you find who you are as as a comic and what works and what what doesn't what's natural um, and eventually I was able to get some decent spots you know I, I was emceeing I was middling and then eventually I was uh, I was headlining and uh, I mean it, it it's pretty much the same story at any comic experiences you know listen to or watch any of the literally thousands of podcasts movies and TV shows about stand up comedy that have been made in the last five years, and you'll know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I'm pretty sure my new show, Second Chances, is uh, the only new series in this new spring lineup that's not about uh, the sad yet ultimately hilarious and very important life of a stand-up comic. Mm-hmm. But we, we can talk about that later. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we can we can get into to uh, the new show, Second Chances, uh, later in the in the journey. I Great. guess you call it. But, um, so that's, so when you're kind of getting started there and you're getting your career rolling, then you, um, 
you audition for and get uh, SNL. Yeah, you know, it's, a, it's an interesting story. I didn't even know Lorne was in the audience the night that he saw me. And uh, out of the blue, I, I get a call a couple of days later to audition later that next week. And I'll tell you, I had no characters at all. I didn't do characters. So basically, I just started ma- making up stuff on the spot, and he loved it. He flipped. Uh-huh. Yeah, and some of those characters went that you did once you got the show that mm-hmm. became really huge. Big um, stuff, yeah. Like Horseface, D. Martini, everybody. It's like a you know, Punk Pope John Sid the first, uh, the surgeon with OCD. Uh then there was prematurely balding Jesus. Was a little little uh, one. It was an edgier one, but it was, was yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, it was great. And I'll tell you, those, they were so much fun to do, Rick. Mm-hmm. Tom. Tom, sorry. Uh, I got I to write it on every, on every uh, little scrap of paper I have here because it's not sticking with me. Okay. It's Tom. That name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you, doing the show was fun? I loved it, yes. Yeah. yeah. But you were there for just three seasons. Uh, that's, that's true. Because then you kind of got... Uh, some big offers that I guess were too good to uh, to refuse. You know, it, it's a cliche, but uh, Hollywood did come calling. Uh huh. Yeah. And uh, everybody knows the your film debut, uh, Hooker by Crook. It's a huge smash right out of the box. It was, and and I'll tell you, when I first read Andy Blitz's script, I thought. Look, nobody's going to buy me playing a Cleveland cop named John Crook who has to go undercover as a female prostitute to break up a Peruvian coke smuggling ring. But it worked. It was magic on the set between uh, Adam McKay and I, and we took it to new places that I don't think anyone thought it was going to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it it certainly went to those places. It was, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, the number one comedy of uh, 2004. It was, yes. Yes, according to Viority uh, uh, magazine. The, that is the showbiz Viority, the showbiz yeah. authority. It's a great one, yeah. 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 Um, and I'll tell you, everything was, was firing on all c- cylinders at that point. And I, I even had a top 20 single with I'm My Own Pimp, which was, of course, the song that was, that was played during the end credits. Mm-hmm. It was great. And Frederick Durst, uh, of course, was the producer of that. Another cool guy and a, a really great friend. Seems, I don't know him, seems like a guy who would be so cool. Yep. So chill. No, an, go- no anger right under the surface. Uh, yep, yep. Very generous. He would, see, he and I had had, had this kind of joke gift thing we would do. The, the gifts weren't jokes. We would, every day, we would send each other a new backwards baseball cap. Mm-hmm. The tighter, the better. Sure. Tight, tight lids. Yeah. They were tight lids? Very tight lids, yeah, yeah. Hey, you know, speaking of, of music, mm-hmm. maybe you can help me with this. I did an interview the other day over at Sirius. Yeah. With this guy, it was like a music interview show. I cannot remember his name. And I'll tell you, it's the only interview I've ever done where the interviewer talked about his own fame. Mm-hmm. It's like every other word was 
Blank is a friend of mine, you know, that sort of thing. Very name-droppy. And I actually started to keep a running tally. I, I counted seven blank is a good friend of mine's, uh, five blank texted me's, uh, and 12 mentions of something called John 5. What is that? John 5? Yes. It, it sounds like a Bible verse. It's, uh, John 5 is, uh, it's not a Bible verse, uh, Dougie. John 5 is actually an American guitarist, um, his stage name was bestowed on him in 1998 when he left David Lee Roth and joined the industrial metal group Marilyn Manson as their guitarist, taking over for Zimzum. Still going by the name John Five, uh, he has since become the guitarist for Rob Zombie. Hi, everybody. Tim Heidecker here. We have a brand new Office Hours that just came out of the oven. We've got legendary psych rocker Ty Siegel. And Doug is back from down under. G'day. G'day. And his mommy came with him. Mommy and Gary Lusenhop are here, too. Alicia let me know that she finished the White Album, has thoughts on that. So much more on this legendary episode of Office Hours. Find us on your podcast app of choice or watch us on YouTube at youtube.com slash office hours live. So who are the animals? Because I don't well, smell, them. smell them. My big question to you is at what point did you have the time to, to pull that up on Wikipedia? Oh, no, that's just off the top of my head. No, it's not. Sure. You're kidding me. No, that's just, I just, I memorize dumb facts. What else have you memorized? The thing is with me, uh, Dougie, is that I can't hold on to a lot of them simultaneously. So once that one goes, another one will slide into its place. I see. I see. They call that uh, a cranial info replacement, I believe. Yes. I think that's the technical it's, it's, term yeah, for it. I'm not sure what that is because I would have known, but it got slid out of the way. For this you. John 5 info. Yeah, yeah. Oh, this guy also was talking about, about Foreigner. It's all he could talk about was how Foreigner has, like, no original members sometimes, and why aren't they in the Rock and Roll Hall? And they started yelling about it. I was like, I don't even remember Foreigner. Yeah. he's. Ve I, I don't exactly know who you're talking about, but he... Um, I, I I know I know who of who you're whom you're speaking. Okay, well maybe Blanking. we could help you out. He was wearing two UFO shirts. Oh, his name is on the tip of my tongue. Okay, we can come back to that one also. Yeah. Okay. A little bit later. later. Let's see if we can get it again. No, no googling. Nope. No googling. So like Gary Shandling. Uh, when he would just that would be if they were updating that. Maybe when they reboot uh, Larry Sanders, he'll say. Oh, I hope I get it. And anyway, no go ahead. Googling. Like that's no Googling. And just remember, no Googling. Sound just like him. Why, thank you. Um, yeah. Now, Dougie, back then, 2004 to like 2007, yeah. you were just like on fire and you were on all the magazine covers, you were on all the talk shows. It, huge. It, it, I tell you, it, 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 it's like every, every entertainer's fantasy and and it, it was more success than I, I ever dreamed of you know I was on fire basically everyone wanted to know me men women cool people uncool people people who were just kind of cool you know I, I'd go to Home Depot to buy some light bulbs and I'd end up quite honestly getting down with some hottie in one of the aisles oh. you know it, uh, it certainly gives new meaning to the saying getting wood doesn't it yeah okay well that's get sure. it like 
you would go no, to Home uh, Depot to buy like yeah. I don't know, like a you know, plywood or something. Yeah, no, no, get, no. I, I your wick dipped. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was hanging with you right from the outset well, on that one, Doug. Fair enough. Yeah, I was with you right from the beginning. Um, it's so, on Petty song, right? What's that? I was, I was with you right there from the beginning. It's on um, Full Moon Fever. It is on Full Moon Fever. It's, just, yeah. it's the third song. It was the B side of Zombie Zoo. Which should have been a hit. I can't believe it was. It's his best song. It is, yeah. Um, because it's one of those songs again where a, where a guy takes on like a, a crazy scene that he doesn't understand. Yeah. Um, which who can't get enough of that? I love it. Um, after Hooker by Crook, you had a couple movies. Uh, were also big hits. Uh, mm-hmm. Online hating. Yep. And Walk of Shame. Yes, and uh, I tell you, man, more great times making those. Uh, you know that uh, such great, great fun. It was, you know, uh, you hear those stories about them making Caddyshack and and Stripes and things, just the, the blast that they had making those. And it, it was it was very similar. But uh, I'll tell you, that kind of massive success can really mess with your head, though. Really? Yeah, and I, I was finding basically I, I was able to get away with. Pretty much anything I wanted to get away with is because I was famous and very rich. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and the, the the odd rub of that is I didn't have to pay for anything at that point. You know, people were buying me dinners, clothes, drinks. Everything was comped. And I'll tell you, if I was pulled over for speeding by a cop, a hundred percent of the time the cop would would end up asking me for either an autograph or a photo or to call his wife to talk to her, and I'll tell you, sometimes they'd even let me shoot their guns. The cops would let you shoot their guns? They would, yeah, and sometimes at them. Sometimes what? At them. The cops would let you shoot the guns at them? Yes, yeah, they'd say, I I would, like, I would be such an honor for you to shoot me. Well, that's very strange. It's crazy. I I, I did it, look, I I didn't take advantage of it. I did it, like, seven times. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's a lot. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, Dougie, uh, I guess you know. I don't have to tell you your story. It's like uh, you, you kind of had things. Things went a little south after uh, after that run, and yeah. uh, took things took a real turn for the worse during the filming of your next movie. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, it, it, it was all catching up to me at that point. I was uh, I was burning the candle at, at, at both ends for sure. <laughs> Hell, I, I was setting the, the the entire shopping center in which the candle store was housed uh, on fire with a high powered fully automatic blowtorch. Uh-huh. Granted, that was a very unwieldy way of saying that, but I, I, I stand by it. Yeah, and that looked great on the page when you right? said that. I thought that yeah. was very literary. Yeah, thank you. It just it showed a real feel for just the printed page. Yeah, it's funny. I, I had to say it every day in these interviews, and uh, that was the first time I ever really got it right all the way through. Hmm. I usually leave out the in which part. Well, it, I, I I like the full version of it. Thank you. Yes, it, it's it, it's got mad flow. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so. So the movie ended up suffering greatly because of my state of mind and also my flagrantly immoral proclivities. Uh Uh-huh. And I I guess I have to say, 
it's been like 10 years since that movie. Right. And, uh, I, I'm a little embarrassed to say I'm still not exactly sure how to say the name of the movie. Right. It's, it's Jim Spionage. Jim Spionage. Yeah, yeah. I, I know. It, it doesn't really roll off the tongue, does it? No, no. No, but I'll tell you, I'll tell you, at the time, a movie about a bumbling gym rat who gets recruited by the KGB to become the president's personal trainer seemed like a funny idea. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I guess in the in the scheme of things, it is a, a decent premise for a movie. Yeah, you're combining gym culture, you know, and, and espionage. Yeah. 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 But by that point, my ego was so out of control. Mm-hmm. That I, I demanded that uh, uh, John Milius write it. Mm-hmm. Who is uh, a very, uh, a very kind of macho guy. Uh, he, well, he wrote Apocalypse Now and Red Dawn and Dirty Harry and yep. uh, and uh, like Conan the Barbarian. Yeah. So very macho. Yeah. So. So basically, what started out as a goofy farce ended up as this this like dark, very political, often violent cross between I don't know the the, the Aaron boy and the Manchurian candidate, but with you know with, with howitzers. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah, and it's a I got, I have to say it's a very confusing movie. Yeah, well, well, that's what happens when you don't sleep for seventeen days straight and you're only eating good and plenties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that that's how you were? Getting through. Oh, and a lot of cocaine too. Uh huh. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. the you you mentioned the good and plenties first. I did. Yeah. Speaking of, of rails, um, you know that story where uh, uh, where Scorsese has to remove the the uh, the coke rock from Neil Young's nose in the the last waltz. Yeah. Well, they had to remove a coke encrusted rolled up thousand dollar bill from right behind my ear in 70% of the shots for that movie. Wow. Wow. Fully visible. Crazy. Cost a fortune to take it I'm out. Sure. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Can can I ask why uh the director who was uh was Peyton Reed yep. um why didn't he just tell you to remove the uh the coke encrusted $1000 bill before shooting? Well, how how could he? You know, I, I was so famous at that point. I was pretty much the most famous, successful, proven comedian at, at that point. You know, especially in film. So, you know, he 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 knew that I, I'd have him fired and replaced it in, in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. You know, so he wasn't going to say anything. I'll tell you, man, I was so mean to him. Oh my god! How so? There, there was one time I, I I made him eat a whole canister of film. Like he actually had to sit down at a table with utensils and uh, eat it in front of me. Basically, it, it was punishment because he uh, made me leave my trailer to do a scene when I was right in the middle of uh, talking to a friend in my trailer. I don't know if you can hear the air quotes I'm using. Around talking? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Um, so I'm assuming, yeah. Okay. No reason to go into that in any more well, detail. Well, well, hey, what can I say? I'm I'm living proof of that old showbiz axiom that famous, very successful men have a deep, deep passion for having sex with women who aren't their wives. 
Is that a crime? Is that? I didn't realize that was just a showbiz axiom. Yeah. That's, that's how that gets uh, addressed. It is, yeah. 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 Uh-huh. How they, get, how they get undressed, but... Okay, well... All right. Look, I guess that... Look, it's nice to hear a little bit of the the Dougie... Uh, well, that, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I got to keep some of that alive, right? But that that behavior is in the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, yeah, so you had a hard time with, with uh, Peyton Reed. I, I, I did. And, you know, I, I would call him I would call him paid less instead of Peyton because I was making so much more money than him. Uh-huh. It was great. And I, I also had his this new car that he got. He got this really nice, very expensive top-of-the-line BMW. Yeah. And he had it delivered to the set and i had his bmw swapped out for the stunt car that got blown up in the final scene okay it was hilarious and so that you blew his brand new car up yeah uh-huh yeah and then there was one time i had his trailer filled with gallons and gallons of fetid rice pudding uh-huh yeah okay so yeah and the, i gotta say your book uh dougie is filled with all sorts of of stories like that, which I guess the the only way to to uh, the only word that like comes to mind for the stories is um, unsettling. Well, yeah, and uh, imagine how unsettling it, it was to have to look back on this. That was the hardest part of writing this book. You know, I had to come to terms with these terrible things that I did and things that I said to people who were very close to me, uh, working partners. Directors, as I said, uh, you know, lovers, uh, wives, ex-wives. You know, very, very shameful behavior. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, which which is kind of what takes you to the the, the your downfall next. Yeah. Um, oh gosh, by by 2008, I was I was fully out of control. Uh, Jim Spionage tanked. Uh, Dougie Town, while while it was a critical favorite and very influential uh didn't connect with a wide audience and i was getting very very angry i was seeing this whole new crop of young comics passing me by and i wasn't getting the roles that i wanted and i, I thought i should have um adam mckay wouldn't hire me to play opposite will ferrell in Step Brothers only because i broke into his house one night and stole his refrigerator okay yeah sure and not and, um, that yeah, he really held a grudge on that one, and so you know, I felt so I felt terrible. I felt bad about myself. So what do you do? I just kept doing things to make me feel better, which of course was illicit substances. Uh huh. You know, I'll tell you, man, I did pretty much anything you can imagine. I was doing. Uh, oh my God, was I on uh, Rainbow Defibrillator? Uh, massive doses of Orange Typewriter. Um, Iraqi pancakes, uh, flannel meat thermometer, um, hilly crystal meth, uh, dad's terrible blues band, all, all that stuff. Wow. Those are some, that's, those are heavy duty, uh, it drugs. Is heavy stuff. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes as a cocktail, I would mix all of them. Uh huh. Yeah. And I'll tell you, it really wreaked havoc on my mind real bad. I was having severe paranoia. I, I developed really bad tendonitis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was I was terrified of my own tendons. Uh huh. Well, know? wait, what was that? 
I was terrified of my own tendons. Yeah, that, I don't know if that's what tendonitis is. That <laughs> you're scared of your own tendons. Yeah, I was afraid they were going to like. Uh, I wake up in the middle of the night, my tendons would be wrapped around my throat. Yeah, that's not uh, that's not exactly tendonitis, but I understand the general uh, gist of what you were dealing with. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I could be thinking of night terrors. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I'm but, not a yeah, doctor. I, it got so bad. That one day Gary Busey, Mickey Rourke, and Andy Dick all showed up to do an intervention on me. I mean, that's that's saying something. When those guys are showing up to tell you it's time to knock it off. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. But you know, my will prevailed, and it ended up being like this four-man, five-day bender, and we were just we were just doing massive amounts of blue. Remember blue? Yeah, that was a real epidemic. Sick stuff. Yeah, it's gone. It seems to be gone now. But yeah, well, I think they use it for. Uh, I, I think, I think that's what they're using over in North Korea for that 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 rocket fuel to launch those missiles. Is blue? I think it is. Yeah. Huh. Okay. I didn't. I did not know that. Yep. Yeah. So anyway, I after that, you know, I'm I'm, I'm losing tons of money. I'm making these bad investments. These terrible business adventures. I got married and divorced three times over the course of like th- three or four years. I and you know, I was so ex- I was so into into these women as I was meeting them and falling in love with them. I got tattoos of all their names. I got tattoos of all my fiancés' names, or even even more of those. I'll tell you, man, my arms looked like the on deck list uh, backstage at Tattletale's Gentleman Club. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Brandy, Crystal, Tawny, Sheila, like seven different Nickies. Uh-huh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, real real, real bottoming out, huh? Really bad. And, you know, imagine having to, like, I, I would have to, I would do these movies, and I would have to wear, like, long sleeve shirts in every scene. I was doing some a couple beach movies, and I, I was wearing, like, these, these huge sweaters to hide these, because they couldn't cover with makeup at that point. Yeah, yeah. Terrible. They even the- had to rename one of the films. Uh, it, it was called Beach Party. They had to change it to, to, to Sweater Party. Ah, uh-huh, because there was one guy wearing a sweater. Yeah. And I, at that point, I was so broke. I owed so many people so much money. I would do pretty much any any film that would pay me half of what I was asking. Yeah, and there's a lot of I gotta say a lot of clunkers on your uh, hey. well on your IMDb page. Some some were decent. Uh huh. But there's yeah. a, there's a lot of them. I know, but uh, all right. Well, yeah, there, there were a lot, but I'll tell you, there were some that I thought were pretty good. Like like which ones? Oh, like uh, Dingleberry and Myron. Uh, Stinkfingered was good. Uh, Shirtface. Shirtface's Revenge. What else? The Jazz Sitter. Remember that one? The Jazz Sitter. Yeah. Same as the Jazz Singer, but this guy's a professional babysitter instead of a, a, a what's it called, a canter? Yeah, okay. So yeah. so his family doesn't want him to be a babysitter? Exactly, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like a yeah. jazz babysitter? Exactly, yes. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. he wears a jazz beanie. Okay. Well, that's not a jazz beanie. That's a, a yarmulke, which is No, I'm saying religious... I, in the film I wear yeah. a jazz beanie. Oh, in the film. Oh, you wear like a like a Joe Z- Zawinol, uh Neil Pert jazz beanie. Kudos to you. You named both the names I was going to name. 
Uh huh. Well, I, I'm kind of up on the jazz beanie. I like it. Whatever jazz do you like? Do you like uh, Toto? Um, that's a little, little too, little too wild for me. Jazz like, yeah. like Toto. I kind of can't follow it. I like stuff more like Return to Forever. Oh yes, um, Chikoria. I like uh, Spyro Gyra. Ooh, how about the Manhattan Transfer? I like that a lot. I like the they're more they're more relaxing stuff. I do too. Yeah, that's, you know. that's fair enough. Um, oh, but 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 you surely you don't think that uh, oh god you a hole was bad. I, I don't think it's a great movie. Okay. I, well, how about the Crooked Edmund Hillary? Cro- okay, yeah. that's the yeah. Uh, Debbie Dance. Uh huh. How about My Brother the Birther? Uh huh. That was good. Those were, yeah, well, those were, I guess. Those were decent. Yeah, all right, sure. I'll tell you what wasn't great, though. What's that? Uh, I I hope you didn't see it. I played Raymond Pettibon in that straight-to-DVD Black Flag biopic uh, uh, slogan, Fuzz. Uh Uh-huh. It was retitled Their Way in Singapore. Okay. Their War, I'm sorry. Their War. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, that that was a really bad... Not good. No, it was. It was. I just remember so many inaccuracies in it. They made me draw my own pictures, and I can't draw pictures. Yeah. Well, there was a. I remember one part where Ron Reyes is um is on an iPhone. Yes, that's true. Just call. I forget who he was. I think he was trying to call uh, Robo at that point. He was yes, and Robo was uh, at that point. He was at Guitar Center playing a set of drums that uh, was about 40 years from being invented. Yeah, just a lot of inaccuracies. Not great. I I mean... um, Henry Rollins was black. (laughs) He was good, though. He was Uh good. He had the shorts. Had the shorts. He he was a method actor, too, that guy. He he did not... All he wore was those shorts. Mm -hmm. All day on the set, even when he wasn't filming. He just liked those shorts. He did. Benicio del Toro played Chuck Dukowski. He was he was quite good. Mm-hmm. He uh, he can surprise you like that. Yep. Yeah. Hey, uh, can I ask you, Dougie? Do you mind talking about uh, your run on The Apprentice? Are you serious? Yeah, I mean, I'd love to hear. Yeah. Well, <laughs> obviously, I would rather not, but. Uh, it is all part of the healing process, and uh, you know, like they say, I, I, my my therapist says there can be no secrets, and nothing can go unaddressed if you want to heal. So, pa uh, pa pa, that's I'm an open book, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, which I, that's like a healthy way of of uh, looking at, at the, all this stuff. I'm trying. I'm trying. Um, Okay, so uh, unfortunately when my obituary is uh, written, uh, that's going to be just as prominent as any of the the success I had in in, in stand-up or television or movies. Uh, So here goes. Um, I will say this. Had I known that Donald Trump was one day going to be the president, I would have never kicked him in the face after he fired me for spending the money my team raised in the hot dog selling contest on hashish and pornography. Uh Uh-huh. And I'm really paying the price for it now. Uh-huh. Tell you that much. How, how so? Well, I, I'm under tight surveillance. Really? Yeah. I saw uh, uh, Devin Nunes looking in my bedroom window last night. 
Really? Yeah, he was creeping around. He was doing some night creeping. Uh-huh. And I'll tell you, he's a guy that you look at him and you think, oh, he's a day creeper, but he's a night creeper too. You know, some some dudes just have they can they can be just a twenty four hour creep. Right. What band does he look like? He's a fan of. All right, you say yours, and I'll say mine. Okay. Um. Okay. On the count of three. Yes. One, two. two. Three, three. Seven Mary Three. Who? Seven Mary Three. Ooh, they're both good. See, I, I'm the, he, I always feel like he's at least 48, but he's probably much younger, so you're probably right. Mm-hmm. I picture him getting pumped up listening to Cumbersome. Oh, he'll become Cumbersome. Great album cover, regardless. <laughs> Very. Do you think they wrote a song they were just like oh my god this is the most cumbersome sounding song ever hey bro or should or or like we need to call this song cumbersome or do you think they're like i'm gonna write a song called cumbersome and then so therefore it has to be the most cumbersome sounding song ever you know i really can't go further with this because jason is my landlord okay yeah. All right. I didn't realize you were tight with those guys. I am. But yeah. So let's. Fair enough. We could we could stop with that. Sure, Dougie. Absolutely. I don't want to get, get evicted, right? No, I wouldn't want you to get evicted over this either. No. Um. Yeah. So you had a rough time with uh, the Apprentice. I did. Yes. And so, basically, you know, uh, the Apprentice face kick and the Dancing with the Stars debacle really made me persona all gratin in, in the entire entertainment industry by you know by around 2012 or so um, sure well yeah. i i do just to be fair um you you danced to um gg allen's song and i guess the best way to say this is i kill everything i i bleep bleep f is the first word there make love to yeah yeah sure which um that's a bold choice I it was, and I'll tell you, man, Ali Sheedy w- w- was was dead against it. But uh, I was so gacked up on Corral that I convinced her to go. It's like, you know how, like, when you're on Coke, like, you've been on Coke, you're so excited about it, about, like, whatever you're doing, and you can convince someone that? Mm-hmm. I'm sure you've been there. Mm, not, not really, no. Okay, well, um, anyway, if you've seen the footage, you know how insane this thing was. It's it's very uh, outrageous. I I tore off her dress. I smeared her with with fudge, and then I tore off my own clothes, revealing, of course, that that infamous soiled jockstrap and those weathered cowboy boots. It's very upsetting. Yeah, we got voted off right in the middle of the whole, of the dance, which seemed like a, a pretty rare of uh, occurrence. Never happened before, and as far as I know, it, it hasn't happened since. But man, those judges were so mad. Two of them actually threw chairs at me, and you know, I got so mad that I, I ended up kicking Len Goodman in the face. Uh huh. And he's in his, like his late sixties at that point too, so that didn't endear me to anybody. Yeah, and that's so that was your move back then. It was just kicking people in the face. Yeah. So he sues me. Uh huh. Ali Sheedy sues me. Okay. I even got sued by Molly Ringwald and Judd Nelson for reasons I'm still unsure of to this day. No, I guess they were. I knew they were in a movie together. Yeah, they were. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, so you got sued by a lot of people. I did. I lost everything, and you know that's pretty much what set me into the wilderness years. Yeah, and uh, if you don't mind, I guess can we get into the the wilderness years as you call them? Well, there's not a lot to tell, you know. But uh, I, I was essentially and literally living in the wilderness. Yeah, like literally. I, I, I lived in a, in a tent made from rotting garbage bags. Um, I couldn't even afford clothes at that point. I, I was wearing a loincloth, which was actually made from the loins of uh, this dead animal I found in a gully. I'm not sure if it was like a moose or a, I don't know, a walrus or something. Uh-huh. Yeah, and that's when I met my, my wife and my godsend, Brianna. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. She was a park ranger, and she found me uh, on one of her rounds. It was it was quite uh, I don't know if you'd call that kismet or or not, but uh, she really took pity on me, and she offered me food and water, and she even gave me the the shirt off her back. Wow, she she did. She did, but you know that was mainly because we ended up making love on a hot boulder about an hour after we met. Yeah, I really turned on the old Dougie charm, and it worked. Oh, I, yeah. that, okay, all right. But, you know, we've been inseparable ever since, and sure, it's a 25-year age difference, but I, I find it really works. Uh-huh. You know, and she really turned my life around, and she cured me of all my bad habits, uh, kept me, she helped me get my finances in order. That was a big thing. You know, she's very smart like that. Um, what else? Uh, really helped me get my career back on track, and... Most importantly, she bore me three beautiful children, Skylar, Skylark, and Skylab. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those are, yeah, the, and those are very uh, inspired name choices. Very, they're great names. They, uh, you know, well, I, I think a child's name should uh, show that the parent is very creative. Um, well, I, I don't know if that necessarily has to be the first uh, goal with a child's name, but... Oh, I do. I, th- I think. Well, I think it should be that. I think. I think. I think. Secondly, I think it should show that the that the parent has really cool taste in music. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's good. And and what is the next goal to show that the parent has enough money to kind of buffer the child from the real world? Yes. Uh, well, case in point, Baron uh, Trump. Mm-hmm. Can't go wrong with a name like that. You're. It's like, oh, that guy's rich. That guy could be walking down the street in a burlap sack and you'd say what's that guy's name his name's baron oh yeah it, it he command, must be loaded it, it commands respect yeah you, know? you uh yeah so you really kind of did piece things back together i did you know and, and i'll tell you um brianna has helped me co-create this this new show second chances mm-hmm it's really good, and it, uh, put a little plug. It premieres next Wednesday at eight on the Shout Network. And uh, did my assistant Julie send you a screener? I hope she did. Yeah, yes, she did. Did you get to watch it? Uh yeah, I did. Ch- I did get to check it out. Uh, you loved it, right? Uh-huh. Well, I mean, can I? I guess I would just say it's like a. a, a um, I, I guess I would say the show's not a, not completely up my alley. Well, so. Well. I mean, I can tell people just to give them some the episode I saw. It was like, um, it's like a very straight. Yeah, well, look, the 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 episode I saw has a. It starts off in like a really typical sitcom family house, and and you are 
trying to show your son on the show how to build a volcano for a science fair. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, you can't relate to that. Uh-huh. And you had no idea what you were doing. Right. And then Most you, parents don't. Yeah. And then you started arguing with your your the wife on the sitcom who I do have to say is so much better looking than you. I thought she seemed like a model and you don't no offense you don't um hey and so it was just a very unrealistic sitcom dynamic and you and your wife are arguing about who could make the better thanksgiving dinner right and then there's a bet and then you're going to make the turkey and you said right. you're going to make the greatest turkey anyone's ever had and then yes but, but then it's, then it's clear you have no idea what you're doing, which seems to be a recurring theme on the show. Well, that's most fathers. That's most. That's most husbands. Uh huh. We think we think we know what we're doing, then we really don't. Huh? Yeah. Oh, well, the the big twist on the show is that you get the directions for making the turkey and making the the science fair volcano mixed up. I'm laughing just hearing you talk about it. Uh huh. And then you're like looking at your phone, sneakily looking at your phone, reading from Wikipedia. Yeah. But you're looking at the wrong pages for each, each occurrence and you're acting like a total expert. And then you're building the volcano with your son. Right. And then you're putting like, uh, you're putting like stuffing and st- <laughs> stuff into the volcano. It's hilarious. And then in the, the, for the turkey, you were putting like, like all these chemicals into it and like f- rocket fuel yes. and things like that. And then the big science fair happens <laughs> and then, uh, your son, your son presses. You're the, laughing. I'm laughing at you laughing. Uh, <sighs> your son presses the, the, the button and it gets, then the volcano starts like erupting cranberry sauce. <laughs> And then, um, then you go home and he has a ribbon for whatever he won or whatever. And then it's Thanksgiving dinner. Mm-hmm. And then the turkey, you set the turkey on the table. And then uh-huh. as you go to carve into it, it explodes against the wall. And then I remember the final thing was you had to pay your wife the money. Uh-huh. And then you're like looking right into the camera as you're putting the money into her hand, and you, like, shrug. And then I say my candid, my, my candid patch phrase. What's, what's that called when you say the first letter of something wrong? Like, you interchange them. When you say the first letter of something wrong? I meant to say my patented catchphrase, but it came out my candid patch phrase. I don't know if there's a there's name be a term for, for that, that, but I, I don't know. I don't Anywho, know. Uh-huh. I, I turn to the camera and I say my, my patented catchphrase. I thought it would work. Yeah, yeah. I thought it would work, and then... Well, okay, if you didn't like that scene, surely you lost your S when I said, I want to drink Ivanka Trump's blood when I was dressed as Dracula in that Hollywood party, uh, Halloween party scene flashback. Do you like that? No, no, that's, that's, I thought it was corny. Mm, I'm sorry. Well, you know, that's okay. Not everything is for everybody. And, you know, that that's what makes the tapestry of life, I think, so rich and so bountiful. Wouldn't you say it's bountiful? That life is rich and bountiful? Yes. Sure. Yeah. And, uh, look, I'm sure my show will find a big audience. And, um, uh, you know, I should actually get rolling soon. So I, I, I want to say namaste to you. Mm-hmm. 
Well, and, uh, look, Doug. I mean, I, I, I certainly wish you the best of luck on the show, and you deserve any, any, and all the success you can get because you certainly went through hell to get to where you're at, and it's, it seems like you came out a much better, uh, a much better man. I would say. Well, thank you, Todd. You know, I, I, I had to go through all that stuff uh, that we talked about uh, to get to this place of real deep peace that, that I, I'm at right now, and. I, I can't tell you how good it feels to have no more skeletons in my closet. Uh, you know, I, I've made amends to everybody. For the record, I, I did apologize to Peyton Reed, and uh, I, I do reparations uh, by coming over to his house once a month and uh, polishing his superhero bobbleheads. So that's well, that works. That's taken care of. Sure, sure. Well, Doug, I, I do have to say. Um it's a real thrill getting to talk to you about uh your life and career and you're a real role model um for all of us so yeah it's a it's a real thrill well thank you you know it was a pleasure to uh meet you and get to speak with you tonight it was it was, it was really fun well actually i can say i don't know if you um i doubt you'd remember this and i want to bring it up at the beginning of the uh conversation uh because um, we actually did meet back in 2004. We and, did? Yeah, and you were at a, it was Irving Plaza in New York City, and you were doing a, like an unannounced guest set at a David Cross uh, show. And afterwards, you took the time to uh, talk to me about auditioning at uh, SNL. Oh, yeah, I, I do remember that night. Yes, yes. I, I remember it mainly that was the night the Yankees clinched the pennant race, and I was so excited for them because I'm such a fan. Mm-hmm. And uh, also, that was the night of my first kill. And um, did did you end up auditioning for SNL or not? Um, yeah. Well, you know, that was a, a different kind of. It was a, my my career was going in a bunch of different directions, and. Okay. Um, at the, can I just ask, you said that that was, did you say your first kill? Uh, yeah, why? But, I mean, you must have killed plenty of times before. You were already like a really well-established stand-up at, by that point. Oh, I don't mean killing an audience. I'm, I meant killing a person. Wait, wait, hold on. You, what do you mean by killing a person? Yeah. What, what does say, that even mean? Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll never forget his name either. It was uh, it was Mike Maloney, and he he was the maintenance guy at the Park West Suites where I was staying that night. And I made it look like he fell down the stairs and cracked his head open. It was very messy, I got to say. But my my technique really got better as the years went on, and I got way more of them under my belt. Oh. Wait, is this is this a is this a joke? No, why? Well, cause there's, well, first of all, it's horrifying. There's nothing, there's nothing about any of this in, in your, your book at all. Oh, well, you know, I, I didn't think it added anything to the, to my story, really. And, you know, besides the statute of limitations on that stuff as well, like five years. So, and I haven't killed since, well, gosh, uh, January of 2012. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm, I'm in the clear. Uh huh. Well, for, I got to just say, for the statute of uh, statute of limitations for for murder, that is not uh, accurate at all. Um, really? For, yeah. Um, Are you serious? Yeah, I'm positive. 
Yeah, it does not expire like that. Oh, great. Oh, good. My my agent just uh, texted, and uh, he's dropping me. Oh, okay. And there's there's one from my wife. Oh, and and I never guess guess this. She's leaving me, and she's uh, taking the kids. Oh, good. Okay. And there's there's my publisher telling me that the uh, the book's not coming out next week. <laughs> just. Uh, you think this can't get any worse, but my, my dog just texted me and said I'm, I'm no longer his master. Great. Oh, great. And there's the police. Okay. Great. Well, Dougie? Dougie? Oh, oh, oh great. Oh, and, and there's Donald Trump in the front yard. Great. Hey, Dougie? Oh, no. What? No, he's taken off that overcoat that he never takes off that he's had on since January. He's going to smother me in it with that extra, extra long tie. I'm sorry I kicked you in the face. Thanks a lot, Tom. Hey, Dougie. Oh, okay. Hello? 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 Huh, okay. Well, I guess that's, uh... Well, it was exciting. We just had, uh, the Dougie Miller. Thanks again for listening to Best Show Best. Much thanks to Jason Gore, Pat Byrne, Martine Sellis, Brendan McDonald, AP Mike, of course, John Worcester, uh, who else? Uh, uh, Marsha Newmeyer, and... Uh, yeah, you, the best show listener. Thank you. And if you like this, check out the full show every Tuesday night from 9 p.m. to midnight at thebestshow.net and support the best show, patreon.com slash thebestshow. Thanks so much for listening. Goodbye. <laughs>